time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? And welcome to today's edition of The Financial Physician. Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner and your money doctor. Two days a week, we upload our Sunday podcast by 9 a.m. And you're listening to the Wednesday midweek podcast that I have up by 4 o'clock. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to join us for The Financial Physician, where we talk money markets and politics. And today we're going to talk... We're not going to talk a whole lot about money today. There's so much else going on that's so much more important. Uh, We're going to talk about what's going on in the Middle East. We're going to talk about what's going on in Ukraine. We're going to talk about the political situation here in the U.S. Because things are breaking down very quickly. And we have to be aware of what's really happening. And you got to be careful because you can't trust anything that the media tells you. I mean, they get their marching orders. If you don't know what Project Mockingbird is, look it up. It's a CIA control of the media. And, you know, doesn't it surprise you that sometimes you turn on different news stations and they use the same phrases, the same words? Those are all the talking points that they get sent to them four in the morning in the mainstream media, who are owned, almost all the media now is owned by just six corporations that many people say are controlled by the CIA. So you got to be careful. You got to do your own research. And look at multiple different sources of information, including overseas information. I I read, uh, and and, you know, most of the media in the West are all controlled. But, you know, I'll listen uh, to the news in the UK, Australia. Uh, I listen to um, Israeli news. And then you put it all together and you, you come to some conclusion. But things are falling apart really, really, really quickly in the Middle East. And, you know, we're already involved. I mean, we have a destroyer in uh, the Red Sea uh, that's been intercepting missiles and drones purportedly on their way to Israel from Yemen. So we're already defending Israel. We're already in this war. And I'm no military expert or anything like that, but if You look at a map and you see the Red Sea and where this destroyer is. It's a small, landlocked uh, sea, I guess you would call it. But it's not that big. And there's only one way in and out. It looks like it would be a sitting duck if it wanted to get attacked. And boy, what happens now? We have all these ships uh, off of Israel. What happens if one of them takes a cruise missile. Boy, this thing would uh, degrade very, very quickly. And looking at that 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 destroyer in the Red Sea, uh, you know, it's not like the, these things could just, like, pick up and leave very quickly. Just turn around and get the hell out of there. 
go 100 miles, 200 miles out of there. Um, so something to keep an eye on. I mean, we're going to be attacked, certainly over there. And because everything is breaking down, not just in the Middle East, but, you know, in Ukraine, you know, we have tensions in, in Asia, North Korea, China. We've never seen such a dangerous um, time since probably World War II. And that's why I think I need to talk to you about something that's it's kind of disturbing. It's very disturbing if it happens. What would you do if the lights went out? The power went out? Well, we've all experienced that. Maybe for a couple of hours. Maybe for a couple of days. Uh, after Superstorm Sandy here, uh, I had no power, and many people here in the Jersey Shore had no power for at least a week, if not two. And we were able to get through it as best we can. But are you prepared to have the power go out? Not for a couple of days, not for a couple of weeks. How about at least a year? What do you mean, Lou? How could that happen? Well, it could happen two ways could come from a cyber attack, disabling the grid. And by the way, our electric grid is so antiquated right now, it's easy to attack. But more importantly, I'm concerned about what's called an EMT weapon. EMP, I should say. Electromagnetic pulse. Now, if you've never heard of this before, it's, uh, it's a scary thing. And what it is, is it's, say you uh, exploded a nuclear weapon over the country. One on the West Coast, one in the Central America, and one on the East Coast, in the atmosphere. What happens is an electromagnetic pulse shoots down to the ground. Doesn't really hurt anybody, but it fries anything electric. The transistors in anything just burn up. Whether it's a, your automobile, whether it's a truck, whether it's your computers, your phone, the electrical grid, and you're basically, in one second, put back into the 1800s. And imagine that going on for at least a year or longer. Now, there's a book I read, and I, I urge all of you to read it. Um, it's a book by William uh, Forschen, and he's a prolific author and historian, and, and he's written a lot of really, really good books. And he achieved superstar a few years ago with a book called One Second After, and I encourage you to read this. It's scary as hell, but I encourage you to read it. It's the story of how a father uh, of two and, and his small North Carolina community respond to electric magnetic pulse attack on the United States. So, so what, what happens is all of a sudden the power goes out. Now, this little town in North Carolina is right next to an interstate. And all the cars on the interstate come to a stop because, again, all the electronics were fried. And every car now, at least, you know, made after 1980, 
is a computer. It's a gigantic computer with transistors and chips everywhere in it. And now your car doesn't run. You have no power. Now, you're used to uh, turning on a faucet and have water come out. Well, that's not going to happen. There's pumps that push that water. And we're going to go on and on here how this could really, really be a significant issue. So uh, many countries have the ability to do this, including China, Russia, the United States, North Korea. And the thing about this is you don't have to be precise with this weapon. As long as it's over, you know, central U.S. or it doesn't have to be over exactly a city. So, so a country like North Korea who has trouble delivering ICBMs in a pre- precision way don't have to. Also, these things could be exploded off a high-altitude balloon. That may not be detected. Uh, it wasn't long ago, right, that China had this big balloon going across the country until Biden shot it down after it exited the United States and did its damage. So this is a real threat to the United States. Um, and it's something that uh, a lot of people uh, in the community of preparedness and uh S-H-T-F, you know what that stands for, the fan. Uh, It's really, really scary what happens afterwards. So where is an AMP threat most likely to come from? North Korea, number one, followed by Iran. You know, long ago there was, we were talking about nuclear weapons, there was a concept called mutual assured destruction. Mad. Remember that term? So if we launched at the Russians, the Russians would launch at us, and everybody would get blown up, and nobody would win. But for an EMP, the use of a nuclear weapon is a game changer. It's known as uh, an asymmetrical first strike. And all you need is like one, two, or three small warheads that blow up in the atmosphere over the United States. And it's like blinding the enemy. You've shut down the power grid. You want to talk about a catastrophic situation? That's it. And if that happened, we could find ourselves in a scenario where we don't even know who the hell launched it. They could even launch it off of a container ship off the coast. Launch the weapon, blow up the ship. They don't know where, you know, you have no fingerprints. Who did it? So this is a a very different type of warfare. And it's a very effective one. So uh, it's something that we have to be aware of. And if you read this book uh, about what happened after this happened, it's terrifying. Try to get the, 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 the guy in the book, the, the father of these two kids. One of them is diabetic. So he needs to get insulin. So what does he do? He goes into the pharmacy with a gun 
and tries to get all the insulin he can get. Problem with that, though, it has to be refrigerated or it goes bad. And then society breaks down. I mean, people would be willing to kill to put a bottle of water in their kid's hand because there's no water flowing. The food supply. Just 20 days out and we're out of food. How about medications? The pharmacies are all going to be closed. And a congressional report came out a couple of years ago saying that upward of 90% of the population would be dead a year later. Wow. And uh, that's what the book lays out. You know, people resort to killing and eating their dogs. They turn on each other. Uh, they become violent. And uh, that's what would happen. I mean, just think about it. There's no trucks. There's no gas pumps don't work. How is food going to get into your store? How is pharmaceuticals going to get to your drugstore? Who's even going to want to go to work if they they can't even get there? Uh, we'd be back in the Stone Age really quick. Uh, what if you're in a big city? That would be incredibly dangerous. Even if you're in Nebraska, I guess it wouldn't matter. You can't do anything without electricity. And how would we re retaliate after something like this? So at the end of the book, one second after, um, some military people finally come into the town about a year later. And one of them says, oh, yeah, it was the North Koreans who did this to us. And we flattened them. We turned the whole country into glass. And the main character says, so what difference does that make now? So if this really happened and we retaliated, it would make no difference to any of us. We would have already lost the war. Literally in one second. And what we do after it, afterward, doesn't matter to you or me, it ain't going to make a difference. So what's Congress doing about this? Basically nothing. They had these these, they had these hearings. Experts came up there, explained what was going to happen. They said we have to harden the grid. Well, we're just waiting to get our butts kicked with this. And there was an attempt at legislative action to do that. But for some reason, it was killed in committee. Particularly thanks to, uh, what's her name? Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Because the, the bill didn't have the perks in it that she wanted. You know, you can't have a clean bill on anything without trying to buy people. So we've had at least uh, two, maybe three major efforts to put a bill through to harden the electrical grid. A very strong leader on the issue was Congressman Roscoe, uh, Roscoe uh, Bartlett from Maryland. He was the only person with a PhD in the hard sciences in Congress. And rather than listen to him, they gerrymandered his district to eliminate him. So for 20 years, it's been gridlocked and every legislation action has failed. Why? I have no idea. Um, so that's what we're looking at. Now, what do you do? Have at least two months 
Food supply, water supply. This is so easy right now to do. I don't know why Americans, you know, the average American family has three days worth of food in their house. Three days and they're hungry. The easiest thing for you to do to protect yourself is make sure that you have a storage of food. Where you don't have to leave your house for two months. Water especially. Because what happens when you turn on a faucet and no water comes out? Water's not that expensive, bottled water. Get yourself 10 cases of it. Or more. And don't forget, you're going to need water to flush your toilet. For cleaning yourself and sponge bathing yourself. I think it said that um, the average person needs at least a gallon of water a day for various uses. So food and water, it's not hard to do. You could even do it in a little apartment. And you don't even have to buy it, you know. Buy you know, a case of two liter bottles of soda. And when you're done, clean them out and fill them up with water. Stick them in a closet. I think more, you, you probably should have a couple of gallons of water per day per person in your house. Next time you go to the the supermarket, you don't need to buy a fancy 25-year shelf-life food. You know, you see these advertisements all the time, freeze-dried food. I have some. It's supposed to last 25 years. I should check mine. I think I've had it more than that, so maybe maybe I need to dump it and get something else. But you don't have to do that. Just pick up Campbell's Soup. Bunch of cans of that. That stuff's good for three or four years. Buy them on sale. Spend 50 bucks a month, more than usual, to get food and water. Think about protein. Very simple. Buy cans of tuna fish. Cans of spam. Costco has these big cans of chicken that you can make chicken salad out of. Protein, canned protein with a big, long shelf life. Bags of rice. Get a 40-pound bag of rice or two. Last a long time. Pasta. I uh, have to say I have a lot of pasta. Good shelf life, easy to make, assuming you have a heat source and water because obviously it has to be boiled. I looked, uh, I just recently threw out a lot of expired food I had. And I had a lot of expired food. (laughs) Um, Some I should have thrown out a long time ago or at least consumed and rotated, but I didn't. Uh, So I had to replace them all. Uh, But what you should do is really, uh, you know, stock up your pantry and just rotate and use it. So every time you use a can of tuna fish, buy a new one. And put it behind the other one. So you're always using the oldest ones first. Uh, also, um, the, if you're on medication, don't wait 
until the day before the medication comes due to get a refill, if possible. And I know it's hard sometimes, especially with certain drugs that you can't get until a certain date. Um, Try to keep a three-month supply on hand. Instead of getting a one-month supply, get three at a time, three months. Next thing, security. No use having food, water, medication. If you don't have security, it's someone come and just take it away from you. Hopefully without killing you or your spouse or your kids. Now, I don't advise people one way or the other regarding guns. But if you decide that... uh, that you want a gun, I, I, I beg you to get trained. And not by your neighbor, somebody who's a professional. You know, too many people have been um, hurt or killed because of stupidity with guns. You're better off not having one if you don't know how to use it. Another thing, assuming your car works, there's something called a, a God bag, G-O-D, you know what that stands for? Get out of get out of Dodge. <laughs> Just take a backpack, you know, fill it with two liters of water, a couple of days worth of food, blanket, keep it in your car. And I'd put some silver coins in there too. I mean, actually, real silver coins. Because the day after something happens, uh, you could be giving people hundred dollar bills; they won't care. Um, but if you pull out a silver coin, you might be able to trade enough to get what you need. But uh, there's an assumption that, uh, that Americans have, that the public has, that if something goes wrong, someone else, likely the government, will take care of everything, and we know that that's not true. Because everything would stop working. All the mechanisms to take care of things would stop working. Cars stop in the street. And the tow truck that can move it is also stopped. Now, all the streets are just backed up with cars. And there's something called uh, normalcy bias. Normalcy bias. That nobody thinks that something like that can happen. And uh, things do happen all the time that nobody expects. Um... And what comes to mind is like 9-11. Who would ever think something like that would happen? You would have said that on September 10th, right? Oh, no, something like that wouldn't happen. And the next day, it did. Nowadays especially, you can't expect normalcy. Everything that we've judged to be normal in our country, in our lives, is about to change. It's been changing since COVID started. Think about all the changes in our lives, our freedoms, our ability to speak without being censored. Many people being forced and coerced to take an experimental gene therapy drug. Our freedoms are being taken away from us. So a lot of things are changing. And now we're on the verge of World War III and could break out in the Middle East, which I think it will. I think we're on a path right now uh, that's going to end horribly. 
What could happen, you know, if I was China right now, I'd be going after Taiwan when all this stuff is going on. I mean, how much can we uh, handle? Could happen between Russia, the United States, and Ukraine. Or Russia and NATO. Very dangerous times. And, and some pretty smart people um, that I follow have been really warning about what's going to happen. And it's not good. And, you know, our civilization is always temporary. All civilizations are. Now, if you went to Rome in 150 A.D., which was like the peak of the Roman Empire. And you say to your friends, you know, hey guys, it ain't going to always be this way. Someday it's going to change. No one would probably believe you. But it did. I mean, American civilization, you know, we've had 250 years. And we're doing pretty good, or at least we have been up till recently, but it's not going to run another 250 years with our deficits, our debt, the breakdown of the political system here in the country, the cultural system, the social system. It's not going to be the same. Something will, will replace it, maybe for the better, I don't know, but probably for the worse. So you can't live on the expectation that everything is going to be normal forever. Every civilization rises, they peak, and then they collapse. And we're not different. And uh, the way things are going in the world right now, how could you not make sure that you're prepared for the worst? And if you're not, maybe you still have a little time to do that. And I suggest you do. All right, let's take a break. My name's Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't you go anywhere. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Argentus Advisors. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. I love your emails at lou at the financial position.com. We get some great emails from our listeners and uh, it's great to know that you're out there and 
I appreciate all the nice things you have to say about the program. It's very encouraging and motivates me to put the time in and the effort, which uh, it takes a lot to put together these podcasts. Uh, and uh, But it's a labor of love. I want to keep you informed. Uh, and it's very important uh, that you inform other people by sharing the podcast with families and friends. Put it on your social media. Say, check this guy out. Email the link to friends and family. And let them come and prepare themselves. Now, I opened the show with a very negative, very depressing scenario. And I hate to do that to you. I really do. My goal in the show is not to depress you, it's to inform you. And But unfortunately, it's real. And not enough people are talking about it in the mainstream. They're not. But behind the scenes, there's a big fear about this. In the military, in the government. When a congressional report comes out and says that if an EMP explodes over the United States, within a year, 90% of the population would be dead. You want to talk about a Mad Max science fiction movie? That would be real. That would be it. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But like everything else in life, you have to ensure yourself that if the worst happens, you're prepared for it. Right? We don't want to die, but we get life insurance. We don't want our house to burn down, but we buy homeowner's insurance. We don't want our car to crash, but we buy car insurance and health insurance. We don't want to use any of this stuff or financial life insurance in the form of silver and gold. All these insurances you never want to collect on. So why not have insurance that you'll be able to eat? You'll be able to have water in your house. That you won't be fighting people on the street to get something to eat or something to drink. And chances are, if you're 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 preparing for this, a prepper, prepper's got a, a really bad reputation in the past. I don't know why. Why is being prepared for a potential disaster a bad thing? It's not. But if you have a large family or neighbors you care about, you're probably not only going to prep for yourself, you're going to prep for them as well. Because I know my kids don't have stuff put away. So when they're in need of water and food, I don't know how they get to my house because the cars won't work. We'd have to walk five miles, which I guess you can do, um, <laughs> to give them their food and water. Unless you don't get robbed on the way there and back by somebody else who wants food and water. But really, I'm serious when I say to uh, make sure it's good good anyway in normal times to have water, food, batteries, flashlights. How about solar generator or solar battery charger? where you can plug things in. Um, boy, it's such an irritation when we uh, lose our power, even for an hour. You're so happy when the lights go back on, right? Especially, you know, look, gas, natural gas isn't going to work either. It's all pumped. If the pumps are, are, are fried, it's not going to happen. So you got to make sure you have a heating source to boil water, cook food. 
Anyway, send me your emails if you have uh, something you want me to cover on a program or a comment on something that I brought to your attention here or a personal situation I can help you with, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, we all know when we buy a house or particularly sell a house, really, uh, that there's usually a 5 or 6% commission that the real estate agency, the selling real estate agency, um, will charge you. Now, they may split that with uh, the buying agency, which they usually do. And you could possibly negotiate a little bit with this. But this has been around forever. But it looks like this may go away. Now, my real estate agent friends out there, including my brother, uh, isn't, isn't going to like to hear this if they haven't heard it already. But there's an antitrust lawsuit against the National Association of Realtors. And experts expect them to lose. The case filed in Missouri is uh, Burnett versus the National Association of Realtors. So this class action involves allegations that the defendant, the National Association of Realtors, have anti-competitive rules that require home sellers to pay commission to the home buyer's broker. So they're saying that the way this commission situation is set up is fraudulent. And um, the trial is expected to start um, in November. It's expected to go three weeks. Um, Actually, late October. uh, A verdict should be expected by November 10th. And the plaintiffs in this case allege commission rates are too high. Buyer brokers are being paid too much. And uh, National Association of Realtors Code of Ethics and the MLS Handbook, along with corporate defendants' practices, led lead to set pricing. Now, of course, the National Association of Realtors disagrees fundamentally with how class action attorneys are characterizing their rules. So uh, can we see um, an antitrust verdict here? Yes, I think so. Because if they, they collude to keep prices and, and, and commissions the same across the industry, that's anti-competitive practice. Missouri home sellers are arguing in the lawsuit that a rule requiring them to make a blanket offer of compensation to any potential buyer's broker violates the Sherman Antitrust Act. You know, they're saying that I should only have to pay a commission to the listing agent. I shouldn't have to be responsible to pay the buyer's broker. And right now, the 6% commission is split evenly between the, the seller's agent and the buyer's agent. But in other developed countries, buyer brokers are far less common, and they get paid by their clients. An average about 1.5%. And that makes sense, since uh, the buyer broker is supposed to negotiate for his client against the seller. Having the seller pay the buyer broker creates a conflict of interest. It also prevents a buyer from paying his broker based on performance. And that means there's little incentive for buyer brokers to negotiate better deals for their clients, especially since they're in bigger commissions on higher-priced homes. 
So it's clear from the evidence presented by the plaintiffs that the realtor's primary interest is ensuring buyer brokers make a 3% commission no matter what. Brokerage firms train agents to set overall commission rates at 6%, split evenly between the buyer and seller's agents. Once you start cutting commissions, you can never stop one firm's training document set. Charge everyone the same and let them know it. 90% of transactions offer a buying agent commission of 3%. I thought that was pretty high. You know, again, real estate agents aren't going to like me. Uh, but 6% is a lot of money on a three, four, five hundred dollars $500,000 house. And it comes right off the top. Now, look, real estate agents need to be paid. I mean, uh, but is 6% the right number? And why 6%? Why not 8 Why not 4 So we'll uh, watch this lawsuit, and uh, I'll let you know uh, what comes out of it and what it means for um, the real estate market and what it means for home buyers and, more importantly, home sellers. All right, so uh, a few weeks back, uh, Hamas terrorist um, brought evil to Israel. And there's a, um, the Israeli Defense Force released video showing the atrocities that took place that day. Now, most news organizations wouldn't show any of it, uh, and I understand why after seeing it. Uh, It is horrific. I'm not even going to go into the details of it. But they felt that they had to release it because some people around the world are saying it never happened. No, no, they didn't, they didn't behead babies. They didn't burn babies. And boy, let me tell you, these videos um, are unequivocal on the evil. I mean, this was evil stuff. This is not just, you know, going and, and killing people. This, this was sadistic evil of the devil, I'm telling you. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of concern that now it could happen here, that there are sleeper cells here in the United States. I mean, our border's wide open. I mean, there's always supposedly been sleeper cells here. How many are there now? How many people are coming through the border? And we're seeing a dramatic spike in the number of Chinese nationals that are coming across our border. And the vast majority of them are men. And the vast majority are military age. Um, now, most of these people that are intercepted at the border claim they have come to apply for asylum in the United States. That's what everybody says. I'm being persecuted in my country, so I need asylum. And, of course, they know that their court dates are going to be set far into the future because the system's absolutely overwhelmed right now with asylum seekers. And as they wait for their court dates, most of them are going to be released into the United States, and they're permitted to go wherever they want. So what this means is that thousands upon thousands of Chinese men of military age have been allowed into this country, and we don't know where they are or what they're doing. According to Fox News, the number of Chinese nationals that are being encountered at our borders far exceeds anything that we've seen before. So far in fiscal year 2023, U.S. Customs and Border Protection encountered nearly 40,000 Chinese nationals on both the southern and northern borders. Far surpassing, um, surpassing the approximately 23,500 and 27,800 27, encountered in fiscal years 2021 and 2022, respectively. 
In July, more than 6,000 crossed the borders. Just two months after the COVID-19 era rule that allowed for expelling illegal migrants quickly, known as Title 42, expired. Now, obviously, uh, these Chinese nationals do not walk to our border from China. So how did they get here? Well, it's being reported that many of them begin their journeys in Ecuador. Chinese migrants typically start their journey in Ecuador, which is a visa-free, which is visa-free for Chinese citizens. From there, they head to Nicocli, a town in Colombia's northern coast, which then leads to the Darien Gap, a 66-mile dense jungle, reportedly filled with armed guerrillas, drug traffickers, and deadly biodiversity. Some of them uh, take the treacherous journey paying smugglers up to 35000 for help. So this is a major national security issue. But the Biden administrations aren't doing anything about it. They don't care. And that's why this is so treasonous, the way we're handling our border. Who knows who's coming in? Who knows how many Hamas people are coming in here? Terrorists are coming in here. And uh, they're doing nothing about it. House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green, a Republican from Tennessee, told DailyMail.com that there's been a massive increase of Chinese nationals tied to the People's Liberation Army that have gained access to the U.S. by crossing over the border. And uh, Green called this stupidity of the Biden administration's border policies. Who knows what they're doing? Are they spies? Are they saboteurs? It's kind of like the, the Russian military men. You know, they established residency in Ukraine before the invasion. I think uh, Mark Green's uh, concerns are quite justified. And, you know, there's rumors now what, of potential war between the United States and China. And we're seeing Chinese men of military age with ties to the People's Liberation Army coming across our border in numbers that we've never seen before. It's crazy. But this administration doesn't seem to care, which to me is treasonous, especially in the world that we live in right now. Um... And, you know, once you're released in the country, we'll never see these people again until it's too late. Not to mention what's happening with South African gangs coming through, child traffickers, human traffickers, fentanyl, drug coyotes. A whole border, the whole, it's controlled by the cartels, not the United States of America. It's insane. There's no country in the world that allows this. In September, for the first time, that Mexicans were not the largest group of people that came across the Mexican border. Who was number one? Venezuela. But also, you look at um, you know the Middle East, Iran. In July, in, in uh, September alone, thirty Iranians were stopped. Thirty-five Pakistanis, a hundred Russians, two thousand from China. By far the largest number here. 
285 Afghanis, 60 Syrians. These are the ones we know about. What about the ones that got through that we don't know anything about? And meanwhile, the Democrats and Biden just want this to happen. So do these people that are coming over, especially these Chinese, have tasks already assigned to them? And when will they be told to carry out those tasks? And at the same time, hundreds are coming in every day. Only a very stupid, foolish nation would allow the enemy to preposition tens of thousands of soldiers, spies, saboteurs. But that's exactly what we're doing. And if you don't think terrorism is not coming to America in a big way, and very soon, especially if we start getting involved in the shooting war there, um, it's coming. Again, scary times, I'm telling you, it's, uh, uh, it's depressing to talk about, but it is what it is. And uh, we have no leadership in the country. And President Trump, uh, you know, he was talking about uh, it doesn't matter how strong your military is, all that, if you don't have leadership in the country. And this is what he said. I think it was a speech at, um, in New Hampshire. Thank you very much, fellas. They've been very generous to me. I predicted war in Israel immediately after it was announced that Joe Biden gave the $6 billion to Iran. They got so much money. At this time, Israel and the United States need a very strong partnership and leadership. I got to have strong leaders. You don't have strong leaders. It doesn't matter how many army tanks you have. In addition to the billions of dollars given to Hamas, top funder Iran, Joe Biden restored hundreds of millions of dollars to the very corrupt Palestinian entities. He gave them hundreds of millions of dollars. Many people didn't even know it. Wonder what deal he made. Joe Biden betrayed Israel. He betrayed our country. As president, I will once again stand with Israel and we will cut off the money to Palestinian terrorists if they were. We cut it off on day one. And Biden and Obama were terrible to Israel because they begged him. Bibi Netanyahu came here, begged Obama, begged him, please, sir. I mean, he literally, what, the way he was talking was the craziest thing. He was begging him, don't do the Iran nuclear deal. I ended it. And if they, we had our administration, we would have had a deal with Iran already. It would have been a good deal. They wouldn't have had a nuclear weapon. Now they're three months away from having a nuclear weapon. And once they have a nuclear weapon, the conversations become much more difficult. This guy, this poor, sad sack of a president that we have, will lead us into World War III, 100%. I've been, I've made the, and I hope that's a prediction that I'm wrong on. But we've never been closer. We've never been closer than we are right now. And he tweaks the wrong people at the wrong time. He says the wrong thing at the wrong time. If he says anything at all, he's not respected at all. It's a disgrace. They spend all their money with the DOJ on screwing opponents. That's what they do. That's all they're good at. He has, you are closer to World War III. And I can say this, if I'm elected, I'm the only one that can say it. 
you will never have World War III. You will not have World War III. Less than four years ago, we had the historic Abraham Accords, which... Everything he said was right on. Absolutely right on. And it was cut off when he was talking about the Abraham Accords. That's when Israel was starting to get close with a lot of Arab countries. Uh, travel belt back and forth to a lot of these countries. Trade. Cooperation. Israel's very close to a deal with Saudi Arabia. That's why this started. Iran does not want that. And that's why they're trying to uh, burn up the Middle East and make Saudi Arabia turn against Israel. A lot of people say that's the main reason for this at this time. But he's right. Absolutely right. And I said on this program before, there's only one person, one person in America that could save us. And it's Donald Trump. Because he's not one of the club and he truly has America's best interest at heart. I truly believe that. Because he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anybody's money. He can't be bought. He's not afraid to make hard decisions. He doesn't sleep much, like four hours a, 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 a night, if that. Because he's working all the time. Uh, how about our current president? How many hours a day do you think he sleeps? He was funny, though. Uh, Trump uh, was talking about it's, it's amazing how the rhetoric now in politics has, has gone so bad. I mean, never before, at least before Obama, um, would one, you know, retired president ever talk about the existing, the sitting president at the time. There was, there was a decorum that you just didn't do that. That is until Obama started trashing Trump every chance he got once he was inaugurated, but it's really fallen. So Trump is talking about um, Biden and this tough guy image. You remember when uh, Biden said that he would love to take Trump behind the barn? Well, this is what Trump had to say about that uh, at his New Hampshire speech this week. But did you ever hear some of these people talking about the viciousness? When you see them in a restaurant, you go in there and you know what you do to them, right? If I ever did that, if I ever did that, problems. And then remember when Biden, I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. I dream of that. You know what I do with him? Oh, I do. I'd hit him right in that fake nose. That fake nose. They'd have plastic lying all over the floor. But I don't want to say that. So when he says it, they say, oh, he said, remember when he was doing that? I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. You know what you do with him? You just look at him and you go like this. But so he can say that and they say, oh, did you hear him? If I said it, they say I was violent. I was violent. There's two standards of justice. It's a very bad thing, but it's a. Yes, political discourse uh, has kind of gone downhill. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's on both sides. I mean, when he started that, he was talking about Maxine Waters, you know, getting their face when you see them in a restaurant, right? They're the ones who attack people in a restaurant. 
They're the ones who go outside Supreme Court justices' homes threatening them. It's the left in this country that's really brought civil discourse and civil political discourse um, into the garbage. Um, and we're going to hear a lot more of this back and forth uh, as we go into 2024. Are you guys ready for 2024? Strap up. <laughs> Make sure you have a, a, not only a good stock of water and food, but a good stock of uh, your favorite adult beverages because you're going to need them. We're entering a period of um, instability in the world, in the country. And uh, it's going to affect all of us. And uh, do we get to an election or not? So many people saying there's not going to be an election, especially if Trump is so far ahead that the deep state, the left, the, the Marxist takeover of America that's ongoing right now will not allow Trump to even be elected because they won't have an election day. Some speculate a cyber attack on the election system. We can't have an election because we can't trust the numbers. It's been cyber attacked. Ooh, it's Russia trying to influence our elections. Oh, it's China. We can't have an election now. We have to postpone it. And I don't see how Biden even has a chance in hell of beating Trump head on. First of all, I think the economy is going to be in the, the crapper in a big way. And they say that people vote with their pocketbooks, right? I just don't see it. I, I just don't think they can cheat enough because it'll be a landslide. And I told you, I know last week I was talking about, you know, new poll that came out that showed 30% of Democrats are leaning to voting for Trump because they, they, they're sick of the wokeness and the, the, the left Marxist leanings of their party. They have kids who are being indoctrinated in school and made to question their gender and whether or not they're racist. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. You don't want your kids messed with. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. If you can't put food on the table and you're struggling to get by or you're losing your job, you're not going to vote just for a Democrat because it's a Democrat. People vote with their pocketbook. And with the mess that, 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 that Biden has created around the world, our foreign policy, our border, then throwing the economy. Here's a, a headline. Bidenomics fueling economic pessimism among minorities as incomes fall. A new Federal Reserve survey revealed that, the pov that poverty climbed in 2022 and minorities struggled to obtain a portion of the national net worth increase during the pandemic. The central bank's triennial survey of consumer finances found that the real inflation-adjusted net worth of the typical U.S. household surged by 37% from 2019 to 2022, driven by high home prices, stock appreciation, and government stimulus. But not everyone has enjoyed the same level of gains in the last few years. Black and Hispanic families recorded income declines of 1.6% and 1.1% respectively. Wages for all Americans fail to keep up with inflation. So uh, people are getting uh, 
unhappy with their situation. Uh, and uh, I said before, you know, 30% of Democrats are leaning towards voting for Trump. Same survey, 50% of blacks. That is mind-blowing. If that happens, even if it happens 25 30%, Trump is the next president. And he's been chipping away at that, you know, the last, uh, you know, few elections. Hispanic voters leaning Republican now. And many black people now realize that their party has done nothing for them except held them back. All right, let's finish up with uh, our old friend Hillary Clinton. Hillary was uh, supposedly now she's the head of some department in uh, Columbia University. And they were doing a forum there. And all hell broke loose. Uh, there was somebody who, who was seriously not a Hillary fan in the audience. Uh, and he called her out. It got crazy. It went on for a long time. And uh, you could see that Hillary, Hillary was definitely rattled. Uh, take a listen. I can't be, be struck by the hypocrisy of this. I'm sorry. You, you have a chance. Well, the, I'm not sorry. The, the hip, sit down. I, I know you're not sorry. That's people, the point. The hypocrisy of this talk. speech. The I'm hypocrisy of the fact that. What, what do you have? Can you please, can you, is can you please make a statement about President Joe Biden's speech? This is a clearly is warmongering speech. President Joe Biden is calling for $100 billion of funding for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine. And we're supposed to just bundle these together and pretend like we're going to rush to World War III and we're all just going to let Hillary Rodham Clinton sit here. Okay. I'm yes. sorry. You know, this is not the way no, to have no, a conversation. No, I'm sorry. If you want to have a conversation, you're no, welcome to come you, talk to you me can, afterwards. You can sit here. Okay, right. You're yeah. gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna wait for me, right? I, Please, I, I don't, I do not believe you. I listen to you. I do respond. I do not believe you. Respectfully, I do not believe you. And the fact just, of the matter is that the just, American people's voice are what need to be heard. Yeah, because, they are being because heard. Because our president is not speaking for the American people, and well, neither are you. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yes, that's my but, opinion. But well, then sit down. We've heard your opinion. Thank you very much. Now we're gonna. I'm not gonna sit down. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop working. I'm gonna wait. I'm going to exercise my free speech but until, until I'm removed. But it's not removed. free speech when you this, are disrupting yes, everybody it is. else's opportunity. It is free speech. This is free speech, everyone. This is free speech. That is not free speech. This is people to, c- constructing narratives that are openly hypocritical. I'm sorry. You, the, the incredible hypocrisy. You know, Tell me John Foster Dolan. Now, I know it's hard to listen to because it's just nothing but a lot of noise back and forth. But it, it goes on another two minutes. Uh, usually somebody uh, is pulled out of a meeting like that when it gets that loud. Uh, and what he was upset with is the warmongering. You know, we don't want to go to World War III. The average American doesn't. I don't think so. I opened the show talking about how countries could use EMP weapons on us and, and, and have the power grid go down for at least a year and probably longer. And what that would do, 90% of Americans would die. And North Korea can do it right now. Iran can do it right now. China can do it right now. And Russia can do it right now. And probably a handful of other countries. Let's end with this. Uh, Here's a nice headline. World War III fears trigger American panic buying of 5.56 ammo. 
Prices surged 39% in a week. As the Israel-Hamas war sparks fears of World War III, law-abiding Americans are streaming the chaos in Israel and Gaza on their smartphones and smart TVs and have come to one conclusion. It's time to panic buy ammo. New data from the ammo tracking website, ammo prices now. Show 5.56 times 45 millimeter NATO caliber ammunition listed online by popular brands has surged 39% in the past week. 36, uh, $0.36 cents per round on October 14th to $0.50 cents per round on Sunday. This, the price, price spike is significantly larger than the move in early 2022 when Russia invaded Ukraine. Also, 223 Remington surged 42% last week. So uh, Americans are seeing imploding U, uh, U.S. cities. They're seeing the, the chance of... Uh, World War III or worse, nuclear war breaking out. Many of them are concerned about things happening here, terrorists, and they're arming themselves. I mean, just think about it. What about all these people in this kibbutz? If they had AR-15s and were able to defend themselves as opposed to being massacred and tortured. Uh, that's why Americans want guns. Most America are law-abiding. We don't want guns to commit crimes. We want guns to stop crimes and violence. Anyway, we live in crazy times. I know this is a depressing show, uh, but I want to warn you, if you take anything out of this show, uh, go to the store. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. If you have a generator, but you don't have any fuel, go today and get the fuel that you need. Go today and buy canned foods, non-perishable, as much water as you possibly can. And like I said earlier, just buy a few cases of of two-liter bottles of uh, soda, drink the soda, and fill them up with water. Cheap way of doing it. But don't wait. Because one second could be too late. All right, again, you want to get in touch with me, my email address is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And uh, we do two podcasts a week. Uh, this is our Wednesday podcast. Runs about an hour. And, of course, our main podcast on Sunday, which goes at least two hours. So join me Sunday for our next podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. And never forget, I'm not far, right? I'm just right so far.